Author of Hidden History, Crimes and Cover-Ups in American Politics, 1776 to 1963, and Survival of the Richest, Donald Jeffries separates the real from the unreal. Fact from fiction. Fact from fiction. Reverse engineering our manufactured reality. And now, from just outside the swamp-infested Washington, D.C., this is I Protest with Donald Jeffries. And welcome to I Protest. Donald Jeffries here with you. Sorry we're running about almost a half an hour late. Uh, for once, the, the technical glitches were not on my end. Things are working smoothly now since I have better equipment. But uh, our guest, uh, James LaFon, who uh, was, sounds like a really interesting guy. We're going to hear all about indentured servitude and the real history of plantation America. I, we couldn't get his issues resolved. I don't know. Maybe somehow behind the scenes, uh, Tony will make it happen, but I doubt it. Uh, he just We just couldn't get any audio, and he couldn't hear us either. So we, uh, we farted around with it way too long. So I think Chris Graves, Graves is on immediately uh, – it's on speed dial, so we'll see if we can get him on there. If not, I'll just have to rant and rave as I want to do. So, again, I'm sorry for uh, – and I understand uh, that uh, Vince Agnelli and a few others wondering what was going on. So I appreciate it. I see Rhonda Tate there. And of course, I saw Chris Gray's there, who may actually be on the air here shortly. And who else do I see on YouTube? Uh, uh, I saw – oh, John Lawler. And I think Chris Buckham was here, wasn't he? Oh, just John Lawler. Okay. Anyhow, so uh, obviously very um, disappointing. I was, uh, you know, intending to talk about it because I wanted to hear what this guy, this, obviously I think that uh, our history of slavery has been completely, there's been a lot of misinformation there because American slavery was not unique at all in the world. Uh, what was unique uh, was, uh, you know, a, a bloody civil war being fought supposedly over. It really wasn't over that, but at any rate, almost a million people died because of that. Um, so uh, hopefully we'll have, be able to reschedule, but he's got to get his equipment fixed first. So but a very interesting guy, you know, according, just reading his biography, he was, and he's, he hasn't worked since 2017. He's homeless. Uh, he's, he's got a history of boxing and stick fighting. So I, you know, it's, it's, he seemed really interesting. So, uh, yes, that's, that's true. Smash the like button, please do that. Please always smash the like button. Um, and he's emailing now, me now saying he's sorry for it, but, uh, anyhow, so we've, we've got a lot of things going on, obviously this week in the news. And, uh, first and foremost, I think that we, uh, we probably touched on this a little bit last week, but obviously the situation in East Palestine, oh, that's how you pronounce it. Why it's, why it's not Palestine and Ohio, certainly a strange name. You know, the idea of, as I said, you know, we're all Palestinians now, um, that particular problem and just the unbelievable how, uh, the government's reaction to it. Uh, you know, if you thought that the reaction to Katrina, was cold-hearted and ridiculous, and it was. You had people on their roofs waving for help, and uh, you know Sean Penn, if you remember, notably Sean Penn, the idiot. Before he, he became completely ridiculous, at least he did go to Katrina and try to help to, to virtue signal, and then he like he fell out of his boat or something and almost drowned. It was it was it was laughable, typical Hollywood thing. But uh, you know, again, obviously everybody there from the the mayor, the local. Uh, New Orleans officials to George W. Bush, the president. A lot of criticism was criticism. FEMA, of course, was absent, noticeably absent. I think I'm the only one in the country that criticizes FEMA. 
that talks about uh, they have absolutely no reason to exist. What are we paying them for? They don't even show up in emergencies. God knows what they do in the non-emergency times. What do, we, what do they do when, when, when there's not an emergency going on? Even with the fake emergencies, they're not, they're not there for that. They, they did nothing during Katrina. And they basically told the people of East Palestine, you don't qualify. So they're not going to help you. So um, you had that unbelievable situation. And you had Mayor Buttcheeks, you know, Pete Buttigieg, who uh, is uh, going, uh, who basically blew it off and started talking about uh, too many construction workers that were white, too many hard hats with white. It's like, what? What does that have to do with this? So, um, and then I don't know if you caught it. He uh, he was filmed by a reporter trying to talk to him. He said, I'm on my personal time. And he just blew them off. Very arrogant. These people are unbelievable. And he used to talk, say these things about Richard. Richard Nixon was the, the cat's meow compared to these guys. And um, he just blew them off. He wasn't going to say anything. And then Savannah Hernandez, who uh, is one of those uh, feisty little independent reporters out there is making a name for herself. She was talking to... Uh, Mayor Buttcheek's press secretary yesterday trying to, and uh, the press secretary wouldn't, you know, she said, you know, how come, why hasn't uh, the transportation secretary been there? When's he going to go there? And instead, um, instead she said, look, we turn the cameras off, turn the cameras off. I'll talk to you, but only when the cameras off. Now, this is a press secretary in a supposedly free country, a press secretary for the transportation secretary and she doesn't want to talk in front of the cameras. I mean, this this is the situation we're at now. I, I imagine that was probably the attitude that was prevalent in the Soviet Union at the end during the height of the Cold War, I guess. Although I don't know if you had any tasks or Pravda reporters that uh, were trying to get answers there. But this is just really disturbing. And then, of course, Savannah Hernandez was touching upon the other big subject, and that's Donald Trump. Tony and I were talking about it a little before that is that this guy, every time you count this guy out, he keeps coming back. And however you look at it, that was, you know, and of course, everybody say it's meaningless and it was, but however you look at it, he's the guy that went there. He shows up there. He knows how to, you know, he, he knows what to say to these blue collar workers. He, not that he's anything, he's the farthest thing from a blue to- collar worker, but he knows what to say to them. And uh, he, you know, he bought the McDonald's. Yes, it's ridiculous, but that's what he does. And at least he did that. Nobody else bought him anything. And, uh, you know, the, the railroad companies offering them first, they were offering the whole town something like uh, so what it would amount to like five dollars a person. And then they upped it to a thousand dollars a person. Still just an absolute slap in the face. Like, OK, sure. You know, your health is going to be affected forever. You're coughing up blood. Uh, the waters are polluted and uh, no fish can live in it anymore. Uh, your children are in danger. Your property values have been destroyed, as one of the guests on Tucker Carlson said uh, very succinctly. Uh, you know, who's who's going to buy a property with an East Palestine, Ohio address? Nobody. So uh, that's the uh, the problem. And you know, I, I'm thinking I don't. Uh, Chris may have his own show going on now, so he may not even be on be able to be on here. So uh, just thinking of it now. But um, so it may just have to be us. So please keep those questions and comments coming. I see in YouTube, Cat uh, Goyd is there, Sam Bodie Tree, John Bassaglone. Um, John Bassaglone said they couldn't get away with They couldn't get away with anything if law enforcement and the military were not uh, patient, uh, patient Robiton order followers. Absolutely. And that's, uh, I, I remember hearing so often from the conservatives that, oh, the police, you know, the police are going to be on our side. And no, the police have, have been on our side for a long time, if ever. And they're certainly not on our side now. Uh, 
you know, the idea that, I mean, you saw that during the, the 2020 riots when the, 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 everything was being burned down to the ground, the police stood down and you had several really shameful incidents of uh, the racist police bowing down before blacks. And uh, it was just really shameful saying that, uh, that you know, again, it's just the, 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 and saying, you know, mouthing the black lives matter nonsense. But so you saw that then, and uh, you will, you saw what happened during the insurrection. Ashley Babbitt was, Babbitt was shot and killed. Uh, Roseanne, um, God, why do I keep forgetting her name? Um, the other woman that was probably beaten to death by a cop. So they certainly weren't on, and several other people were beaten that day as well. So they certainly weren't on the people's side then. So, you know, when, at what point have they been? So, yeah, I don't think we can count on that, but uh, I'm not sure what the local police are like. And, uh, oh, Chris Gray says be right there. Right on, good. I don't know what the lo local police were like then, um, but they, we certainly know what they're like now. And uh, let's see, we see William Hale from Sydney, Australia. It's always great to see William Hale. They're coming, uh, coming all the way from Sydney, Australia. It's it's wonderful to know that these shows have this kind of, and that's, you know, that's how we can grow this audience because the internet gives us the opportunity to reach people. Milan down under, the people that are holding on to this spinning globe, you know, they're holding on by their feet somehow and they're standing on there. So William, I hope you're, uh, <laughs> you're holding on tight to the ride because you're hanging upside down, we're told. Cat uh, Goida, thanks for wanting us to, people to share it on, uh, on social media. I'm looking at some of these comments, putting up the ones I can. Vince Agnelli uh, refers to the temperature. And Vince, Vince is in my basic area. Uh, yesterday here, it was uh, 80 degrees. Tomorrow, I, last I heard, it's a chance of snow flurry. So, I mean, and I, I don't. can that happen naturally? Yeah, it can, I guess. But, I mean, really to go from 80 degrees in two days to a chance of snow, I, I, it's possible, yes. But... Uh, I don't, I don't think it's, uh, I think it's highly unlikely without geoengineering, which is what we have. Richard Frederick Fager says they get away with train derailments, pretend viruses at every operation. Happens. Yeah, they keep, they just keep getting away with it. And did you see what happened where, and I hate laughing about this, but apparently, um, oh, what was it? The, uh, someone that was coming to invest. Oh God. I mean, I'm sure somebody will correct me. And again, I should have, I didn't know I was going to have to be talking uh, by myself the entire time, but so I wasn't really as up on current events, but there had a plane crash where people on the way to East Palestine, Ohio were uh, killed. I don't know if they were environmental workers. Well, I'm sure somebody in the, in the, uh, the chat will be able to clarify that. Um, but it was, you know, it's suspicious, you know, that's uh, we need to start over. Vince said, absolutely. There's no question about that. Vince, I, uh, I gave you a shout out on uh, David Knight last Friday because, uh, you know, you've been stressing this, this, you know, back to local level thing. And that's the only chance we have. That's the only chance we have at this time, because we, at this point, if you, if you look at these jokers, I mean, if you see what happened, uh, and again, I, I, I know she's not Billy Ray's favorite and a lot of people don't like her, but and I'm not saying Marjorie Taylor Green may be a complete psyop. I don't know. She looks to me just like some of the, some of my redneck cousins that I'd see at a barbecue or something, but uh, she, she says uh, some good things a lot. And again, there's not many people in Congress that ever say good things, but she, when she said we need a national divorce, she was exactly right. We need a national divorce. 
And she was jumped on by everybody in her own party. That idiot Mitt Romney and the uh, the, the Utah governor. Now, what, what the hell is going on in Utah? Isn't Utah supposed to be like a really conservative Mormon state? How do you keep electing Mitt Romney? And how do you have a governor? This guy is one of the worst, wokest people I, I've ever seen. I, I forget the guy's name, but he's a Republican governor of Utah. He is the, he's the, he's like John McCainiac. He's such a rhino. But uh, they just blasted Marjorie Taylor Greene. This is horrible. I mean, basically almost charged her with treason. And uh, this is, uh... oh, here you go. Okay. Okay. Here's uh... environmental consultants. Okay. Richard Frager, thank you so much for getting on top of it. Yeah. So they were, okay. So, but I don't know. He's, he's, he's he seemed to, he's linking that to the Clintons. Of course, you know, a big, uh, Yes, I saw that, Richard. And the other one there, if you if you saw the guy that was, I think he hung himself, let's see, was found tied to a tree and, and ruled suicide because he had a gunshot wound to his chest too, but there was no gun found there. So, I mean, even for the Clinton body count, it was pretty remarkable, I must say. But, uh, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check out the, I want to open up the uh, Rockfin chat too. I got to go over to this computer because... Uh, that's the only way I can do it. So let me uh, do this too, folks. But um, okay, I'm looking what else we have here. Let's just see what we uh, just go to this live thing and see who's over on Rockfin. Probably most of you are coming over YouTube now because it's it's easier for me to monitor. But of course, I want you to be in Rockfin as well. Okay. Uh, okay, is this going to update? So right now there's, okay, there's there has not been a single comment in Rockfin yet. That can't be right. Okay, maybe it's going to update. Right now I don't see anything over there. But um, Chris Buckin says no guest today. Well, Chris Graves may be coming in. We had a, um, I had a guest in the first half hour, so you didn't miss much because we were delayed almost half an hour because we were trying to get the guest um, audio issues fixed. We couldn't hear him and he couldn't hear us. And we just finally gave up. Uh, he was an interesting guy, James LaFond. And he's, uh, he's written a series. He wants to write 20 books on plantation America. And he talks about uh, a slavery that wasn't black necessarily, a lot of white slavery, the dentured slavery, servitude and everything. So uh, very uh, interesting stuff. And the guy's an interesting character, has an interesting background. But hey, Rescue Dog 66, good to see you here. Um, so, okay, there's okay, there's Stephanie Green over there. Come, good to see you, Stephanie and Rockfin. Geoengineering and manufacturing winter weather, exactly. I mean, geoengineering, we know if you guys remember, uh, Jesse before Jesse Ventura, I guess you know, before the, the pandemic hit, and I guess he's uh, I don't know, I don't know if I'd be welcome on his show anyway. The last two times he invited me on, he, they canceled on me. But uh, but they kept kept asking me on. He um, had a one of his great shows on conspiracy theory with Jesse Ventura, which is a really good show. That's where I found out about Johnstown. Johnstown was on there as one of the regulars in the uh, second season. But but most the highest rated show that True TV has ever had. And what happened? <laughs> they they still canceled it. So you know it's not obviously not about the ratings because it was the highest rated show they had. But one of the most interesting shows they had was. Uh, about um, harp 
which they claim no longer existed. Warren Harp was this, you know, this, this outfit that was in uh, a very top secret. He showed how they, they had a huge facility, top secret, top security in Alaska. Jesse tried to get in there just to, to see what was going on. They, they met him at the gates and said, nope, nobody's allowed in. Former governor, didn't matter. So um, something something is weird. And what happens is the climate change people, the absurd you know, climate change, who don't care at all about the climate because they have no interest. Greta Thunberg has as little interest in what happened in uh, East Palestine, Ohio, as she did in the BP oil spill. She doesn't care. These people don't care at all. They're not environmentalists. Erin Brockovich it is going there, so I'll give her credit for that. At least she's um, at least she's doing uh, you know doing her due diligence, and she's a little bit of a real person. But the rest of them, come on. I mean, this is ridiculous. Make sure it's. Uh, you know, to not mention this, uh, the idea that that all these fish are dying, the wildlife is dying. Physical symptoms are happening everywhere, and nobody cares. The left doesn't care. Why don't they care? Because the community is, I, I don't know how predominantly white it is, but it's predominantly white and working class or, you know, even lower working class. These, I think the average income in East Palestine is like $45,000 a year or something, which uh, is pretty, you know, pretty, pretty um, minimal. Let's put it that way. And that's what Richard Frager has a long comment here where he's mentioning the same stuff. We're the so-called environments. Exactly. Well, that's, it's, it's exactly right. Well, Richard, uh, Joe Biden has no interest. He can't go there. But again, Donald Trump did. And this is why people, Tony and I talked about this before the show, why people, so many people keep going back to Trump. Who is the alternative? DeSantis didn't go there. And I don't know if the rumor that, uh, you know, about George Soros, Supporting DeSantis can possibly be true. I, I find that hard to believe. But um, your point's right, obviously right on, and it's, it's something I agree with, Richard. But um, Trump goes there. He And you know, despite being a billionaire or whatever the hell he is, he, he manages to fit in there with this kind of low-class you know, appeal. And uh, you know, he puts his red MAGA hat on. He buys them all McDonald's. And... Uh, Tells him he's basically telling him he feels their pain like Bill Clinton used to, but he showed up. And so, you know, people, American people are so desperate for anything. Like I, I had a discussion with Cindy Sheehan, my, my friend on, uh, when I wrote a Substack about this, where she said, well, you know, they, 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 when they went to um, Katrina and uh, Flint, Flint, Michigan and all that, they, they didn't do very much for those people of color either. And I said, yeah, of course, no, of course not. They don't do anything for any poor people. They're not getting help. But what happened was they virtue signaled there. So these poor white people here in Appalachia or anywhere else, the poor white people in East Palestine, they don't even get the virtue signaling. The crazy woke left literally won't admit they exist. And so that's what you, you see. But, but Donald Trump, again, continues to appeal to that, uh, that base. The old Reagan Democrats who, you know, despite Reagan not doing anything either, uh, they he managed to say things and feed them things that uh, feed them rhetoric that uh, they could uh, relate to. So um, that's the big thing, obviously. That's the uh, one of the big stories. But then the other thing, obviously, is a continuing war with, you know, while, while, so it's, it's just the optics of Donald Trump 
possible Republican nominee. Again, Donald Trump going to East Palestine, Ohio to uh, whatever, virtue signal in his own way, buy McDonald's for these, which is more than any other politician did for them, as empty as it may seem. Um, he's going there, talking to the people there, appearing there at the same time Joe Biden is making yet another appearance in Kiev, uh, a bow towing to this little absurd Zionist dictator, Zelensky, the former comedians. And uh, this is, um, you know, this it's it's very bad luck. You know, he said Trump showed up. I didn't get the Trump water thing. Supposedly the water crap on it. I don't, well, I I thought, I think Trump bought a bunch of water there. I, I mean, again, these are, it, it, he's obviously virtue signaling. But um, but over in, in Rockfin, this, Steph, somebody go over in Rockfin. Stephanie Green's awfully lonely over there. Uh, she says, uh, and I know she doesn't live that far from here. She's in the 200-mile radius from East Palestine, so nice knowing all of you. And that, you know, that's what, uh, I mean, I, I, I do think some of this stuff is overblown, and there's a lot of fear porn, even in the alternative world, where all oh, things, you know, the sky is falling and everything. But if, you know, what, what we are told is even halfway remotely true, if, the, if this chemical really is that bad, that uh, then... You know, what, what are we looking at here? I mean, you could be looking at lots of them. And the problem is that these things, it's not like they're going to kill them right away. But if they do, then what, what exactly, uh, what are we looking at here in the last, in the next few years or whatever, and they have a bunch of deaths that they won't attribute to it. Uh, <laughs> Vince says, McDonald's at a toxic chemical oil site. Ain't that like pouring gasoline? He could have at least sprung for a rich. Well, you know, Trump is, uh, and we remember memorably after, uh, the, I guess, the NCAA championship or something, he, uh, he was criticized for buying, and yeah, of course, you know, you think you'd buy some real quality food, but apparently Trump, uh, if, if it can be believed, he, he apparently does love McDonald's. God knows why, but supposedly this, so I guess he thinks this is a, uh, this is a treat for them. But my point is, yeah, that, uh, yeah, Ronda says the only one that can, and that's, that's the thing is when nobody else shows up and nobody else does anything. It's not like Biden or any 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 of the other ones came and you know got them uh, out back or something, uh, you know these uh, Ruth Chris Steakhouse they wanted to really spring. This uh, Trump shows up and gets him something and he's there. Nobody else has shown up, so I think again this he, he's uh, he still has a, a a political sense there I believe. And again, not that I you know I obviously think he's an actor and I thought that they were. Uh, yeah, Richard said the whole world's a stage and it's badly acted. Yeah, absolutely. But I thought that the whole world, was, the whole uh, Donald Trump thing was winding down, as I've said, the Trumpenstein project, but maybe not. It's maybe bringing it back. Um, any word is over in Rockfin, unless the whole thing is set up for Trump to appear like he cares. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, who knows with Trump? Again, again, I, th I think he's an actor, but he did. He did show up, and that's the uh, you know you can't you can't deny that. And for whatever it is, it was at least a good political move. Uh, Rescue Dog sixty six says, "Hey Donald Trump, how about visiting the J 6 Well, there you go. That, and that's for for whatever reason that is, uh, and that's why I say he's an actor because he shows political instincts like this, where he knows this is a good political move. Uh, there would not only would it be the right thing to do. But it would be a fantastic political move if he had showed up at those at that prison a long time ago and said, hey, you know, we hear like this congressman tried to. I think he would have gotten a bit more attention and the press couldn't have ignored it. And uh, he could have tried to, to focus 
on uh, what, uh, you know, these conditions that we hear are going on. Are they being abused? Are they being beaten? Are they really being thrown in solitary confinement? I mean, is that, you know, is that, is that, can that, you know, be possible in America prison for these, these uh, non-violent, mostly non, mostly non, mostly peaceful non, uh, protesters? It's ridiculous. Um, Richard's making a lot of good long points. Richard Frederick, long-term health implications exposed dramatically. Yeah, and that's this is if if we take for for at face value what they say, violence, vinyl chloride is a really nasty thing. So. How does the president of the United States not care? How does the transportation secretary not only doesn't care, but his his uh, his press secretary cares so little that she says you've turned the cameras off, or I'm not gonna you know not gonna even think of answering your questions. Uh, William Hale says Brendan O'Connell YouTube channel, Don, I appreciate, it, and I am sure everyone else would find this information. Um, I'm not sure I might have missed something. What, uh, William, what did I miss there? The Brendan, I've heard of Brendan O'Connell. What, what did I miss off his, his, please, I'm not sure what I missed. I might have missed a comment. There's a lot of comments here. Um, oh, okay. He said he's an Aussie who suffered for bringing the information public. I've heard of Brendan O'Connell. Definitely, I've heard of him. Yeah, I, uh, maybe I should try to get him on the show. Is he, is he, uh, does he do interviews? I think I'll tell you, is his contact info out there? He sounds like a good guy. To have one, but um, Trump was buddies with global CIA Coco. That to say, well, Trump has been buddies with he was buddies with the Clintons. I mean, he's he's been buddies with you know, his background is ridiculous, obviously. You know, with the Epstein's and the Clintons. Yep, Harlan Stonewall, my friend Harlan Stonewall says that people seen uh, you know, he's got they get a little bit of help, but people have seen Trump's track record of flip flops. But this is the thing when there's nobody to contrast it to. And this is, I mean, little, as, as ridiculous as it seems, that McDonald's and that personal appearance by Donald Trump is all these people have gotten. And J.D. Cash, I guess, went there, a senator who switched the uh, stick in the water and showed the rainbow colors to show how polluted the water was from the chemicals. But that's all I know. Let's see here. He's um, getting these come. One of the best clips was Don Jr. was speaking about butch egg. Good talking points, and Trump is in the distance, nodding his head crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean these are again. When you, this is the problem when if if you uh, if you don't have anybody else, um, I'm looking at Rockfin. If you don't have any, there's Chris Graves. Let's bring him in. There, there's the man, Chris Graves. Good, thanks for stepping in. You came out of the bullpen again. Yeah, but you're pro you're gonna be uh, mad at me. I actually have a show in like five minutes. But I oh, I, I I was I wondering wanted to about say that. hello though. Like okay, well that's great. Yeah, I, th I thought because I, I I thought you had your show. I didn't know, but well, it is what it is. Now I, that's I, when you go. All right, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. I mean, it's I didn't anticipate this, and we we just well, spent way who, too much. Who was your guest? It was a guy named James Lafond, and uh, he's he was recommended to me, and. Uh, it's a really interesting guy. I read his bio, and the bio said he hasn't worked since 2017. He's he's a homeless vagabond, but he's written like 30 books or something, and he's got this whole series on Plantation America about uh, the real history of slavery and indentured servitude that goes back centuries in America. And so uh, I wanted to, you know, get him on. He sounded like, uh, 
and he's apparently he's into stick fighting and boxing too. Uh, he had an eye patch. I, I, I just, you know, it sounded incredibly interesting, but uh, so it's a shame. But I never got to hear him because he he couldn't, you know, we couldn't hear what he's saying. He couldn't hear us, so we couldn't figure it out. So I should have um, should have tried to get a, you know to, to check it out earlier. Chris Buckin says he's another anti-Semite. Okay, this is uh, oh okay. Don't talk to any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't exactly shy away from that, you know, but uh, obviously it's an overused term, but uh, William says he shows clearly the connection to Russia, China. Yeah, it's, um, but uh, so Chris, I don't know, what are your, just in your minute, few minutes you have, what are your impressions? <laughs> yeah. of what we've been talking about? <laughs> it's uh, fascinating um, in not in a good way, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's uh, ironic that, uh, our president is overseas with the country that we apparently sent billions of dollars. And yeah. I heard that no money was going to be going to Ohio. I don't know yeah. if that's changed. Well, the, the railroad offered them first thousand dollars, right? Well, but, but their original offer was the amount of money it would add it up to five dollars per citizen to the entire town. Right. That was their original offer. So they couldn't, they probably couldn't even bought the McDonald's meal that, uh, <laughs> that, that yeah. Trump got them. But, uh, they, but then they, uh, they generously upped it to a thousand dollars. Uh, I, I, I hope there's a, they have some kind of loss. I hope they get lots of money, but not that it'll make any difference, but it just, uh, that just shows yeah. where our elite are. And, you know, railroad head of a railroad, that's really not elite. I know we don't, but they, you know, they're in that position. And that yeah. shows, you know, and it's they, all happening at the same time too. The derailment, yeah. the yeah. food processing centers, you know, the planes crashing in. Yeah, the them. play, the environmental plane crash. Yeah, exactly. That's what the. Yeah, have you heard any more about that? No, the people. Somebody on there was trying to tie it to the Clintons. I don't know about that. Well, Pat says, "How how long am I going to be on?" Well, I until I, seven, so it's going to be it's going to be uh, you know a shortened show because we didn't come on a half hour late, but. Uh, but there was a Clinton body count uh, member recently, wasn't there? Yeah, that was the guy that was uh, found tied to a tree or a hug yes. or something with a with a with a bullet wound to his chest, and it was suicide. So, uh, oh, I thought it was a, a newer one um, with the Epstein connection. Uh, with, that's the one I've heard of. I don't know if anybody's heard of it. I, I don't know. It's hard to they, they, people... within the last like week or so. Well, I thought I thought that was the ruling. I think it was a while back oh, that okay. the guy was found. Uh, hung or tied to a tree or something with a bullet hole in his chest. Right. And, and so that's, you know, that's what you do. Usually you, uh, which came first, the hanging or the bullet hole? I'm not sure. That was, was the uh, chicken or the egg, you know, <laughs> the angel question. You know? only, only the Clintons know for sure. But I mean, that's just amazing. It's like shades of Ron Brown, Terrence Eakey. Yes, yes. Ron Brown with the, with the uh, bullet hole in his head during the plane crash. the plane crash. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. So, Sometimes uh, they like to mix, they have their options, you know. Christy Ripperger is over in Rockfin. Good to see you. And, and our friend Stephanie Brown, Stephanie Green, is back over there now, almost all by herself. Good to see Christy over there in any word. But most people now are coming to YouTube because they get to see their comments come up on screen here, yeah. which is always exciting. Rescue Dog 66, glad to see you here. Will family owned farms and how be confiscated for their own good? Well, as that one guest said, and uh, you know, that's true. I mean, it's like, Who's going to want to, you know, for a long time here, we had a prison. Uh, it wasn't that far from me here. And, and when I was selling real estate, anything that had a Lorton address, because Lord, the prison was in Lorton. Yeah. 
I mean, the value, the real estate value was ridiculous because the prison was in the same city. It's just, it's going to be way worse there. Who's going to want to move to an East Palestine, buy a piece of East Palestine property? So those people, poor homeowners there. I mean, can you imagine that the, 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 the bottom has fallen out yeah. of their real estate? They, they need to be, you know, reimbursed for that and for damages and, well, a thousand uh, bucks to cover it, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. That's uh, I want you to cover one night at the Motel Six. Exactly. And I say, I if, if I don't know how many people Trump bought McDonald's for, but uh, you know, he, he's probably spent more than a thousand dollars on that. I don't know. Yeah, on Happy Meals. Yeah, exactly. It's unbelievable. So I don't know. I don't think he let him get anything he wanted on the menu. Yeah, I think Clinton, Clinton did the same thing, right? He used to like jog the McDonald's with the Secret Service behind him. Yeah, well, that was he, no, that was a skit on SNL, but no, but but he did he did use it because that supposedly is where he picked up the black woman, the Skid Row black woman that he impregnated with uh, the boy known as Danny Williams. Have you seen a picture of him, the Black yeah. Bill Clinton? I mean, that's, right. that's that's Danny. Well, thank you, Christy. Thank you very much. I thought yep. Bill Clinton was the Black Bill Clinton. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that that's what well, a famous black. I think it was Tony Morrison, one of these idiots that yeah. said he was our first black president. And then they went on to list a bunch of these horrible stereotypical traits. Yeah. You know, he loves junk food. He cheats on his wife. He's like, what? Is that really representative of <laughs> yeah, us? That's, you know? that's what a black man is. I mean, it's true. That's what he does. But I mean, yes. Yeah. Among other horrible, horrible things. Yeah. I mean, just just imagine that. So that's. Uh, well, I don't know, Chris. It's uh, but I I appreciate you coming. Uh, yeah, I wish you're here. Stick around. I feel bad. No, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, I need to find uh, somebody else to get on speed dial now that you have your show at the same time. But yeah, uh, I'm, I'm gonna work on that. You know, uh, maybe there's something so I can maneuver or something. You know. Well, no, it's it's figure it out. But anyway, any everyone check out Don Substack. Great. Check out his WordPress because I went back and found the uh, hidden history chapters and survival of the richest chapters. And I uh, posted a couple of those WordPress things uh, on Twitter. So uh, fascinating stuff. The Sandy Hook thing you you talked about back then. Boston yes. bombing uh, sham trial. Yeah. The Patsy. I love that stuff. And uh, that's about it. Uh, just support this man's work, please. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks for being on. We'll uh, we'll go to keep the comments coming. Uh, thanks, Chris. Have a good show. Thanks, I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you, and uh, have a good rest of your show. Okay, take it easy. All right, bye-bye. Thank you. Christy Ripperger, thank you for the tip over on Rockfin, and uh, I hope you're keeping up with the conversation. I'm sorry there are not more people there, but it looks like YouTube is becoming the place. Hopefully, they don't ban me again. Um, Chris Buggins says he changed the name for East Palestine to East Israel. That might get a bunch of money. <laughs> well, say we're all Palestinians now. That's the way to look at it. And uh, yeah, it's just it, it is pretty funny that I mean, I, I, I guess you know, there's a lot of names of towns we don't know, but I wasn't aware there was an East Palestine pronounced Palestine, Ohio, Northern Suburban doing plane maintenance now. Yeah, I guess so. It's a uh, it's just it's the whole situation again is shameful. That's just you know that's just one thing that's going on. Yeah, Chris, Chris. I mean, uh, Vince Agnelli knows about Lord and Reform Day. You know about it. I, uh, I again, I would when I was a realtor, one of the full time realtor. Uh, I used to hate we had a uh, when we had floor duty as a young guy, uh, and I you know I was like twenty nine, and I I looked like I was in high school. You know, every you know no, I, I, everybody thought I was a kid. Nobody respected me. But um, 
drove a non-real estate mobile five-speed uh, Toyota Celica liftback. That's the car I had. You know, I used to have clients tell me when I got them, you really need to need a new car. You know, more well, I suppose they do. I, I can't afford one. So, but uh, I would volunteer for the floor duty, and ninety percent of the calls that came into that office were on these. They were the cheapest uh, townhomes in Fairfax County, and they wouldn't list the city because they didn't want to list that they were in Lorton. So we were instructed, and again, this is a, a deceptive business practices, and I obviously always had trouble with that. But the idea was that you were not supposed to tell. And, and I said, look, if I'm calling in on this, I, the first thing I'm going to want to where is this? But you were not supposed to tell them that it was in Lorton. So you're supposed to it's uh, three miles south of Fort Belvoir or whatever it was, just off of Route 1. And uh, but, and I said, you know, they're going to. So I would just tell them the city and always get in trouble. But I never, you know, and the people that call for those couldn't afford anything because these things. And, and when they went there. Uh, they might have been able to afford them, but they, you know, you would go there and there'd be people drinking beer out in front of the places without shirts on in the summer. And it was just, you know, there's no way to sell it because you, but what are you supposed to say? You can kind of ignore it, but people are looking and they're saying, but anyhow, so that's, uh, that's the power of a name. You know, it's um, women's prison. say that it was built there. And, you know, at the, towards the end, they, um, when they closed the prison down, they uh, they had a, a pretty nice uh, – they had athletic fields, and they had a pretty nice field they would use for uh, – my son was playing travel soccer for years. And that season, one season, that became like their home field. So we would have to go to <laughs> Lorton Prison all the time. Of course, it wasn't a prison anymore, but it was still weird. You know, the plan, they're a pretty nice soccer field, but it was uh, – it was strange. So names can matter, certainly with the with value. Uh, Sam Bodie's tree said he thinks he, that was disgusting on Trump's part. He could have had a meet and greet without disparaging the citizens. Well, I, I mean, I, well, I, I don't know. You think he disparaged the citizens by uh, by buying the McDonald's? I mean, I, I, I think that's Trump. You know, again, that's part of his act. But, you know, apparently this is something he really loves McDonald's. God knows why, but he does. There's Lisa Bellinger. Wonderful. Good to see you. Yona Anawadi. She said, pure genius, Chris. I'm not sure which Chris she's referring to. Chris says that, uh, Chris Buckin says that Palestine is actually how the Arabs actually pronounce it. Really? Is that like Iran? You know, my sister married an Iranian. So she lived in Iran for many years. So it really irritates me to hear dumbass Americans say Iran. Yeah, oh, just, uh, the ones that try to be a class like Iran, Iran. No, it's Iran. Like it's Iraq. That's how you pronounce it. But, uh, you know, they don't want to do that. And just, you know, I, I don't know. Americans, uh, Americans love Chris Rock had a comedy skit once where he talked about just a certain type of Americans, but it, it pretty much applies to all Americans. And they love to not know things. Too many Americans love to not know things. So, um, Jim Keith, absolutely. Richard Frederick Krieger says he hadn't gotten the idea this world is run by a criminal elite, lacking the slightest concern for the welfare of mankind that you haven't been paying attention. Yeah, Jim Jim Keith, uh, I wrote about him in Hidden History. He was uh, writing about the same kinds of stuff in many ways that I do and had one of those strange deaths. You know, he was, I think he was 49 or something. He was, he was way too young. And he... Uh, had a weird accident where he fell off a stage or something and fractured his kneecap. 
unwisely, even though he knew it was unwise, he said, I'm never coming out alive. And he went in the hospital to have surgery and he never came out alive. Um, so, you know, that's, um, but yeah, Jim Keith, absolutely a fan of his. And then his, uh, I think his publisher, and I, I have all this in hidden history. I hope I have the story straight, but his main, his primary publisher died, you know, even more strangely. If I recall the story correctly, I think it was, uh, it was not long after Keith died. His publisher, uh, him and his wife went out to have, I think if I remember right, uh, some Mexican, they ate at a Mexican restaurant or something. And then he just, he just complained about feeling sick or something, they rushed him to the hospital and his wife, you know, you know, came out, it was shocked. And the doctor came out and said, I'm sorry, he didn't make it. He, said, he didn't make it. What? <laughs> uh, Chris Buckin says he was on rents many times in the nineties. Well, yeah, rents has had, I'm always amazed when, when Jeff rents tells me about the people he's had on because he's, he's really, he's had them all on. He really has. There's Swampy McGee showing up. Good to see you Swampy. Okay. Yeah. So he was, uh, yeah, he was almost, he was all, almost 50. He was an American author, best known for the books Black Helicopters, yeah, Black Helicopters and the Octopus. Yeah, and of course we know what about um, uh, Danny Casolaro who came up with the Octopus uh, theory. And, and again, if you if you haven't read Hidden History, that's I cover all these stories and uh, in in that. And uh, Casolaro found uh, his wrist slit, slit in a bathtub, and I've, I've tried to get a hold of his. Uh, his he has a doctor brother who was uh, vocal about it for a while, but I have not been able to get a hold of him. I'd love to. See if he's still interested in talking about it. Because that's what happens. These uh, these relatives of people who are, in, we, we especially uh, with Chris Graves can tell you with all the help he did with me on um, Hidden History 3, which, again, I don't I don't know what's happening to that, by the way. That's in hiatus. I'm in battling with the sky horse over financial terms. I don't know. I'm not sure what's going to happen there. But they, are, they want to publish it, but they uh, they don't want to pay me much. <laughs> Let's put it that way. So I'm beginning to have a more, much more appreciation for uh, the historical uh, differences that publishers and writers have had. I mean, I, I've, I don't think I've ever heard of, a, of an author, you know, very few that haven't had some kind of dispute with their publishers. The, the fact is the publishers don't want to pay the authors very much. And the authors are the ones who are putting out the work. And to me, they should get the lion's share and not 10% or whatever. It's ridiculous. Uh, God rest in peace, his father who brought him into the world. Oh, Dan, okay. Wow. Vince Agnelli brought into the world by the father of uh, Danny Castellaro. Wow. Say good night. God bless you, sir. Anybody take, yeah, absolutely. Vince and uh, Vince Agnelli and I will be meeting next Tuesday with the Lake Braddock contingent, even though I don't go to Lake Braddock. I didn't go to Lake Braddock. My wife did. My kids did. So I'm becoming an, apparently uh, an honorary uh, alumni there. And he, uh, we're getting together like almost every month. So he'll have his Buffalo tickle sandwich and I'll have my uh, mushroom and Swiss burgers. And then at uh, Kilroy's that'll be next uh, Tuesday. So it's always great to see Vince because he's, you know, all you guys, I, I, I say, I'd love to meet all of you. I just don't want it to be in a FEMA camp, which, you know, <laughs> increasingly it seems like that might be the case. Um, Yona Anawali said she practiced land surveying for 82, 2017, worked with lots of realtors. Yeah, I don't have a great uh, opinion of most realtors. I've been licensed since 1985, outlasted most of the realtors, even though, you know, again, I, I do very little business. I am going to be 
having a listing coming up. So I'm going to have to really bone up because I haven't had a listing for years because uh, my family and people like that keep not using me anymore. I tell you, you know, it's, it's, it takes a while. I, I used to liken it to uh, getting rejected, you know, for dates uh, to have people that, uh, you know, you know, closely that uh, don't use you to sell their house. And I, I used to try to explain, you know, you're making lots of money for somebody, right? You know, you're paying somebody a, a big commission. So it's not like you're saving money by not using me, but it just, it just is the way it is. Uh, it's, it's, I'm certainly not the only uh, realtor. I've, I've talked to many, many realtors. They, they've all been stabbed in the back by family members and friends. So um, I had a, an old gentleman that was in my writer's group that uh, unfortunately passed away. And uh, his uh, niece is going to be using me. So uh, we're going to be doing that soon. So I'll have to get my feet wet back in the real estate. Not a good time to have a listing, by the way. You know, last year, the year before, everything was selling, but uh, nothing is now because interest rates have shot up. Again, another fantastic, wise move by, uh, by our Felix leaders to be raising interest rates. Uh, Swampy McGee post Castellera. Castellera was only, uh, you know, Castellera was 44. Ranch Rider came to public attention. He was found dead in the bathtub in room 517. Yes, he was. That's her uh, right. And again, you can, it, and I, I don't want to keep prompt, uh, promoting just hidden history because I mean, all my books, I, I hope you read all of them, but hidden history has most of these stories that we talk about here. It has uh, in, in pretty good detail and uh, hidden history three, when it comes out, whatever the title is, because uh, it may not be that title. Um, we'll have, Lots more deep diving into JFK, 9-11, Oklahoma City, especially those things, all, all these. Uh, and, of course, going back to uh, the American Revolution, I have a lot of deep diving there, more deep diving into Lincoln, Grant, and the, uh, the terror of the war on the, on the South, and the invention of total war, the dangerous setting of so many precedents. Uh, we'll talk about Woodrow Wilson's record in more depth, how, exactly how horrible he was, and FDR. Peter Seacosh, another one of these researchers that did a great job, both uh, those areas. And boy, I mean, FDR was even worse than I thought. So people will be astonished to see some of the things that he did and his administration did. Just incredible tyranny. Swampy McGee says, yes, wish for slash 10 to 12 times medical examiner ruled death suicide. Well, of course. That's what they, that's what they are. William Hill says, clear almost all opposition is not organic. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why... Uh, to whatever degree it was legitimate, the January 6th uh, protest was uh, astonishing because, sure, you had uh, you had assets there, you had offset, but you you didn't. I don't think you had any George Soros people there. I don't think you had any large scale planning of groups unless it was to try to make the uh, make it look bad. I think you did have uh, on the part of a lot of people, I don't know how many, maybe hundreds of thousands of people that uh, it was grassroots. They went there, but that's the only time in my lifetime and maybe in American history, if you go back to really, you can go back to the New York draft riots during the civil war when you had uh, the Irish immigrants, especially irate over that. And uh, that was, I guess you could call that a right-wing riot. But other than that, every other riot has been, you know, uh, coming from the left. Uh, we could say uh, Duluth Hop is over in uh, in Rockfin. Good to see you. But um, 
so that's why when you saw these, you know, the Black Lives Matters riots, the Antifa riots, they are so well organized. You saw the Black Lives Matters van lines. I mean, do you really think that outfit? It's obviously well financed. You saw with that one crazy lady how many properties she's, how many million dollar properties she's bought. Uh, so the money is flowing in from somewhere, and I don't think you know it's coming in from five and ten dollar increments from from uh, black people in the hood. I don't think it's coming from that, but they have some fancy looking uh, van lines with Black Lives Matter logo on it. I just imagine if you saw something like that uh, on the other side, you're not going to see the Proud Boys or any of these outfits have that kind of stuff. It just doesn't happen, even though they're, of course, they are rife. Um, they're rife with government agents, but they don't get that kind of finance. Swampy McGee says, yeah, his death was controversial. It's no suggestion he was in Martinsburg, West Virginia. To me, the source about a story called the octopus episode, and that was that was the whole idea. It was probably the uh, the biggest uh, scandal of uh, Bush the Elder's administration. I cover them all. Now, a lot of them have not been covered up. <laughs> Yona Anawoli compares realtors to uh, chiropractors, palm readers, voodoo. Well, I don't know about that. I I apparently didn't know. Um, Exactly. I I was because of my personality, as you can probably imagine, I uh, I was able to um, attract clients and I was able to charm them and schmooze with them. But um, I, I didn't get anywhere near the sales I should have gotten because I didn't have the killer instinct. I did. I wasn't a closer, as they call it. And uh, in the sales world, that's the most important thing. But to me, from what I've seen. To be a closer, you have to have a, a real aggressive kind of bullying instinct. I can't do that. I, I just, I don't know how to do it without sounding like an asshole. And I hate salesmen because of that, even though I was one. But so uh, I think that's um, people. I mean, I, I knew, uh, you know, the guy that was the top guy in Long and Foster, which is the biggest real estate company in Virginia. When I was working for them, uh, this guy, he was so full of himself. He made hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and he was the worst agent. And people used to complain about him all the time. He bullied his clients. And typically when a realtor becomes real successful, they have a, uh, a bunch of people working for them. So you may see that realtor on the rich initial listing presentation. Maybe you're never going to see him again. He probably won't even show up at closing. He'll have his staff do that for you. Uh, he's never going to answer your calls. He's not, and that's why I used to tell people, you know, if I, today, if I, if I was, if I wasn't a realtor, want to know if I'm looking for a house, I'm going to call the closest real estate office to me, and I'm going to ask for the newest person there. I want the person with the least experience, because that person is not going to have the confidence to make mistakes. I, we, in, in real estate, we pay something called errors and emissions insurance. And that's because so many of these realtors screw up and have been screwing up for years because they think they know it all and they don't want to ask questions of their broker or whatever. I, you know, I, I always ask my brokers the main questions because I know I don't know it all. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, take a chance if I don't know, but a lot of these realtors, especially when they get cocky because they don't make a lot of money, they do it. But that's why we all have to pay insurance because of them. And, um, You know, so they so fear the truth, they just jail and assassinate truth tellers were telling, uh, alerting others to prison. Okay, you know, and I thought she was still talking about real truth. Yeah, they sure do. But that's, uh, and that's really what America has become. It's become where uh, telling the truth is almost a crime at this point. And certainly we see what happens with whistleblowers, right? I mean, 
Harlan Stonewall says in a time frame, a new COVID book will be released. Yeah, that's coming out very soon. That's, uh, I've got it at the publisher. It's a small publisher. We'll see how it works. I hope people support it because that may be the publisher I use for Hidden History 3. Because if I can't, if I can't get uh, Skyhorse to treat me right, then I can do it. I mean, I know for a fact, for instance, and I, I there was a hit piece on Skyhorse. Well, I admire Tony Lyons. I admire Skyhorse very much for publishing books like mine and publishing controversial books. But they know they have people like me over a barrel because we don't have anywhere else to go. They're the only show in town. They're a division of Simon & Schuster now. So it's a big deal to get published by them. And it's nice, you know, I can, my three books that have been published by them are on my, I have a Simon & Schuster page right next to Stephen King. So that's that's kind of cool. And it's good as an advertising, you know, thing to promote yourself. But um, they, in this pit piece where they were hit, they, they talked about all the authors. And of course, they didn't talk about me, but they talked about the well-known authors like uh, Oliver Stone. This is before Alex Jones. Now they would really go nuts. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Oliver Stone, Jesse Ventura. And they mentioned Woody Allen. They put, I didn't even know they published his book. And of course, with his you know, allegations against him, he's in our world, I guess. But um, they mentioned that Woody Allen had sold 15,000 copies of his book for them. Now, that's not that bad for today. It's bad for Woody Allen. But I know that Hidden History has sold around 30,000 copies for them. So I sold twice as many books for them, for, for the one book, as Woody Allen did. So I why I'm being treated this way, I don't know. But so I, I, at this point, I'm just, you know, I really feel like Rodney Dangerfield. I, I need to show a little respect. But uh, so that, but the COVID book is, uh, it's just basically probably looking like mid to late March, but I, I, I'm not for sure. But you can be assured I'll be promoting. I'll be talking about it here a lot because uh, I, uh, I, unfortunately, again, because I'm, I'm shadow banned. Oh, thank you very much, Duluth Hop. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. I'm sure it's, I, well, I don't know your brother, but I, th I think I appreciate it very much to Luth Hop. Thank you very much for the tip. Uh, but um, so um, if, again, if, if, uh, if this goes well with this, so please, I hope everyone supports the, you know, the, the COVID book is going to be called Masking the Truth. And it's the, you know, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. wrote a great book. Naomi Wolf wrote a great book. Um, Alex Berenson has written good books about it, but this, this is going to be the only book that has the entire story of it from the very beginning. I was the only one of all those people. Nobody else, I, maybe John Rappaport. He's the only other one I know that was a skeptic from the first day. I never, ever, ever bought into this, this absurd COVID uh, narrative. And uh, it'll be all about that. And uh, so I hope people will give it some support and, um, because that'll go a long way to telling if uh, if I can use that publisher for Hidden History 3. Because to be honest with you, I think I'm going to make more money on this because the royalty rate's that much better. So uh, I'll have to struggle to get it in the libraries, and I'll be, I'll be promoting it again on here and on um, Substack, which is, again, if you don't subscribe to me on Substack, donaldjeffries.substack.com. I protest. It's called I Protest there as well. Um those are the only places I can promote because Facebook and Twitter shadow ban me now. I can't, so I can't do what I did in the past with the first few books. I can't go on Facebook and, uh, I mean, I, I'll try it still, but I'll make a big dramatic announcement of the release of the new book and it'll probably get a handful of reactions because of the shadow ban when in the past it might've gotten hundreds. And um, so it's, it's very frustrating. 
Uh, no order to stop the steal, Lisa Bellinger said. No, absolutely. They're not going to let it in anything. Are you kidding? They're not. Again, this is uh, the electoral process is one of their sacrosanct things. Again, it goes towards um, it goes towards um, uh, legitimizing. They're rule and they're not legitimate. So they don't, I mean, if, if you say the elections are fraudulent, then they're legitimate. Uh, Christy Ripperger uh, says, uh, what about Peter Bregan's COVID book? I've heard of it. I don't know much about it. I haven't read it. So I, I don't know. Is it, does he, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, maybe not denigrating it. I don't know. Um, Chris Bregan said, do you see Scott Adams talking about anti-white? Yes. Yes. About it. I, you know, Adams is a really strange guy. And I wrote about him in uh, in the COVID book because it's recent. Before this, he seems to be courting controversy, and he I th I think that he's a troll. I really do, because he uh, he did some stuff where he, he did a turnaround on the vaccine and admitted that the anti-vax people were right, but then he seemed to be saying it was trolling and he wasn't. But if you haven't seen it out there, man. But unfortunately, I can't find anywhere on his Twitter page, but some conservative guy, or I forget what the title of it is. He follows me and I follow him, young conservative or something, and uh, on Twitter posted, and it's definitely him. There's no, there's no question. It's Scott Adams, and it's it's one of the most, you know, it's if, if, one of the most racist things I've ever heard any, you know, uh, public white public figure say uh, in 50, 60 years. And he basically said he was tired of black people, and he urges all, because he basically was quoting the new Rasmussen poll, which was disgusting where the, you know, the, I think it was um, between, I think 26% of blacks said the question was do, uh, uh, or is it okay to be white? 26% of blacks said no. 21% said they weren't sure. So he, his point was almost half of black people in this poll are saying it's not okay to be white. So he said, you know what? I spent my life uh, trying to help black people and civil rights and stuff. He said, I'm through said, I'm going to stay as far away from black people as I can from now on. And he urged everybody else to do the same. Now, you got to listen to it and, and, and keep in mind what his personality is and what he was trying to, to accomplish. I don't know. But um, it was uh, absolutely incredible. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it's, it's true enough. But odds are if he keeps informed, he'll, he'll come out and say he was trolling. Steve Cameron Productions, my friend. Yeah, hi. It's good to see you, Steve. And uh, Steve is uh, – has got his own book. I think it's called uh, Scapegoat. I, I don't want to get the title wrong, but he, he's got a new book about uh, the Kennedy assassination Oswald coming out. I think it's scheduled for release around November 22nd, just in time for the 60th anniversary. So I have to support that as well. Um, great guy, Steve Cameron. And I'm also, I was uh, grateful that he included me on the project he has with the JFK assassination. I'll talk more about that uh, down the road. Um, August 24th, 1814 is a far worse day for DC than January the 6th. Take your pick. Go save the king. Uh, God's, yeah, that's a um, good point, Yana. I mean, obviously, that was uh, no insurrection. It was absolutely ridiculous to even call it that. Lisa Blanchard said the J6, all of a sudden, they don't want to go after Roger Stone, Alex Jones, Alex. Well, you know, did you? They also, <laughs> they're not going after Ray Epps, that's for sure. I mean, these, again, these. And of course, it just leads people to think that all those people are assets if they're not being punished. I, I, I don't know. It, it's it's hard at this point to who you can trust because uh, 
if and I, I've had you know I've had people say, well, you know, you're alive, so you can't be legitimate. They would have killed you. You know, it's you can't get too cynical. But um, over here, Duluth Harp says, fame and fortune comes to the most undeserving. Do what you love and never work a day in your life. Uh, Duluth, you'll read read my book, Survival of the Riches, if you haven't. That uh, I, I'm I'm on board with you there. I think uh, for a long time, I've largely speaking. Not all time. I know there's plenty of hardworking people out there, but the people that have the most typically at the top of the ladder, if you look at the people, the richest people in the world, I don't think any of them did a day's worth of real work in their life. They got their hands dirty. Most of them are just good at accumulating cash, and almost all of them started about on third base in life, as Gerald Saletti said, and think they hit a home run. Like Donald Trump, you know, uh, I think he was, <coughs> he started out in life as the son of a multimillionaire. So it's it's much easier to go from multimillionaire to billionaire than it is to go from, you know, son of a uh, assembly line worker to that. Um, Duluth Harp says you got to trust a man by his labor, no matter what color one is. All who they're. Well, yeah, I agree with you, and I say, you know, uh, my point wasn't to agree with what uh, Scott Adams said, uh, but it just was astonishing that he said it, and I, I, I don't, you know, that was like I said, that's. And I, again, I can't believe it's not getting any attention because if, if anything was racist, that was. Um, William Hale from Sydney, Australia said, don't you find it interesting how mainstream media went from demonizing COVID opposition to immediately exposing lies? Well, yeah, they are They are to some degree. But again, they're never going to admit they were wrong. And they're never going to credit the people like me and others who from the very beginning were saying it was a lie. Uh, and, and that's this is what'll happen and, and what'll happen you, you will see that. It's it's like when the old newspaper days they would they would put a correction in the New York Times or Washington Post on page A24 so that nobody would ever see them correcting the headline that was incorrect. And that's basically what they're doing here. <laughs> it's not getting quite as much attention as all all the uh all of the uh, you know fear porn that they uh doled out for years. Last few years, corrupt cops enjoy when criminals terrorize society. Corrupt cops saw 9-11 official story, Sandy Hook official story, Ashley Babbitt, Journey, January 6th uh, shooting story. Absolutely right, Swampy McGee. Uh, you're not going to get any, you're not going to get me arguing with you about the cops. I mean, one day I could write a book about that. I don't know that I will, but I probably just include more of that. I'm, I'm going to have a lot about the judicial system. Maybe in uh, I have some of it in industry three. I might have more in industry four. I might just wait. And I know Chris Graves wants me to do that. I might just write an entire book uh, on the criminal injustice system. Lisa Belanger certainly knows all about that. But uh, I don't know how many people would read it. That's the that's the problem. That's why I'm, I'm, the hidden history books are the ones that sell for me. So I'm trying to to write things that people will read. You know, I have bullyocracy out there on Bard Fame that you know people that that read them love them, but just not enough people are. And uh, I don't really know. Sam Bodie's tree said he actually found hidden history on my external the other day. I must have bought it on as an Amazon bundle. Bought hidden history and didn't know you had it. <laughs> uh, secrecy is the beginning of tyranny. Robert, absolutely, I love that quote from Robert A. Highland. And um, you know that's back when they used to have real writer. As a real writer, as someone who's written literary fiction and still considers myself a novelist, uh, but I just there's no market for it now. So I admire people like Highland. Uh, 
certainly Kurt Vonnegut, who I think was the last great, I don't think he's the last great novelist, the last great novelist America will ever have unless we somehow overthrow this tyranny and regain our senses. And I don't know how likely that is at this point. Yona's going back to realtors. Clothes have the voodoo energy. The pin cushion dolls always get the checks. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, I, you know, I, I'm not gonna, I, I don't want it because I don't want anybody hearing me that might know me. But yeah, it's just, it just amazed me some of the people that are successful in real estate. I just would shake my head at it. Uh, Steve Cameron says, if you looked into Mike Gill's allegations about corruption in New Hampshire, um, I don't think so, Steve. What is that? Is it because you know I get, I hear from so many people, and I've. Uh, I had a few of them on the show about low. I assume you're talking about municipal corruption, local corruption. And there's so much of it that really you could probably pick out any community. And I'm fascinated by it because these are things where I don't think there's any, you know, there's any one group directing all that corruption, but it just goes to show that just shows to go you as Bozo used to say um, that it's, it's, it's just instinctively that way. And the people that rise to any kind of position um, are just, you know, are going to be corrupt. And I think that's what, you know, we go back to James Farrell. you know, I've, I've said before they pushed him out of a window at Bethesda Naval Hospital as a Truman Secretary of Defense, he had that great line. If this wasn't a huge conspiracy, once in a while, they'd make a mistake in our favor. And if this wasn't a huge conspiracy, once in a while, somebody competent, would be promoted to a position of leadership, competent and honest, or at least one of the two. But uh, we don't, instead, we have a mismatch of corruption and incompetence that uh, I, I, the world's never seen before. America is, you just look at those school boards, that's way down the totem pole in the levels of power. Look at those little tyrants. If you've seen some of, I mean, just you saw that one video where the guy was shouting at the guy, out, 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 get out of it. I mean, he was like, it was like, a, a, you know, some kind of parody that you would uh, you you would have seen on, a, you know, a, a television show back when they used to allow that kind of comedy. You can't do satire now because uh, it's, you know, life is stranger than satire. Robin Anson Heinlein, okay, lived to be 80, 80. Called the Dean of Science Fiction. Yeah, he's, you know, him, Ray Bradbury, lots of great writers that we had uh, Arthur C. Clarke, who was probably more of an insider, I think uh, a lot of people uh, have noted that. You know that, he, that if you read his stuff, uh, you know maybe he was uh, more of a paid propagandist. Yona says she can't wait to read it. Don, my wife is, or he can't wait to read it. My wife is, well, I appreciate that. Thank you. I can't wait for you to read it. Uh, I, I get a thrill out of anybody that tells me they're reading my work. Uh, let's see. I'm looking over here. Tony, oh, Duluth Hop is saying Tony Arterburn for president in 25. That's Tom Cooper's line, isn't it? Now Duluth Hop said Tony's got two people promoting him for president now. <laughs> so we're going to have to, I just hope he uh, maybe give me a job as a speechwriter or something. Uh, Richard Frager says medical school should be, yes, renamed pharma school. Dogs only learn to treat symptoms and drugs while ignoring the cause. Real health won't be found inside a doctor's office. Absolutely. And that's Brandy Vaughn. She, uh, she um, and I'll have in the COVID book, I'll have uh, all the details I know. There isn't a whole lot to know about Brandy Vaughn, but she, you know, very attractive woman, I think in her 40s, uh, big time, you know, ex-pharmaceutical uh, representative who uh, 
became a whistleblower on them and was uh, talking about the evils there and then dies very strangely, you know, I call it part of the COVID body count. Doug Water says he's been he's been meaning to give me some five star reviews on the various sites. Yeah, you know, they, I I tell people I do it on Substack. That's how there are ways. You know, of course I appreciate the tips here. I love the paid subscriptions that are on Substack, but um, there are lots of ways you can help that doesn't cost you a penny. And uh, one is to give. You don't even have to write a review on Amazon anymore. Amazon has made it simple now. You just rate books. So yeah, you can give them five star reviews. And I'm telling you, I tell people all the time that. Most human beings are followers. Most human beings are followers of the hierarchy that I, the social hierarchy that I talked about in bullyocracy. It's not just in high school and bullying. The world operates on this hierarchy. Everybody's aware of where they stand and where others stand in the hierarchy. They know if the other person's making more money than them. They know if the other person's better looking than them or whatever. They 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 they're aware of it, and so they they base their own opinion of themselves based on that because they know society does. And in social media, it, it comes down to a game of like on Twitter, it's how many followers do you have? And, you know, with somebody like me, I'm frozen because uh, they, they are, you know, uh, they, they, they take followers away from me. They unfollow people, people. I don't know how many people have told me uh, I have to keep going back in and following your updates, your status updates every day because they keep unfollowing it. So uh, they make it hard to do because and what happens is that. Uh, they, the people on Twitter are like in high school and they are social media because they look and you can see how many Facebook, it's not quite as obvious, but, and I, Facebook, I have the maximum amount of, that you can have. Uh, but on Twitter, I've always been stunted and it's very important because you have as many as you want. You got millions and they're perfectly aware when they look and see that I have 3,500 or whatever followers that I have that I'm pretty much frozen at. Um, they're, if they have any substantial fun themselves, they're 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 going to look down their nose at me. And again, it's just like you know, some kid's going to know he's more popular than you, so he's not going to be your friend. And that that's how it works. And it's it's very 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 uh, you know very frustrating to deal with. This. Sam Bodistree said RFK Junior's publisher. Well, that's the publisher I'm in dispute with. Sam um, RFK Junior's primary publisher is Skyhorse, and that's my primary publisher. Division of Simon and Schuster, and I rest assured, I'm pretty sure they're giving RFK Jr. a much better deal than they give me. So I don't want to talk too much about it on the chance because hey, you know what? All I I won't bad mouth them at all. If they give me a satisfactory deal, I'll sing their praises to this guy because I do very much support what they're doing. But like all publishers, they need to treat the writers better, and it's the same thing I talked about in On Bard Fame with the uh, actors and especially the musical artists. Uh, performers and you know a writer is a performer I mean writers the one is creating the product and like the musical performer like the television actor uh, or even the writer the television writer the screenwriter uh, the people at the top the producers the studio heads the publishers in this case um, they take the lion's share of the profits now I understand they're they're bringing your work out there. They're, you know, they're publishing, they're putting it together. Uh, they're putting their reputation on the line. They're promoting you to whatever degree they promote. They don't really don't promote writers much anymore, but to whatever the degree they do. Um, so I understand that. They certainly deserve a, a, a nice share. But 
to me, the person that, that creates the product, I mean, I think should be getting the majority of the share, but certainly a better chunk than they give even a lot of established authors. Thank you, Steve. Steve says, great title, Masking the Truth. Yeah, I, I, hopefully it's, uh, well, that's a good thing about using a smaller publisher. My titles work because uh, Skyros, I think only, Survival of the Rich is the only one of my titles there that they went with. Elisa says, show me the, do the dollars, uh, the new publicist. Lisa, honey, I would love to have you as my publicist. Of course, the problem is I can't afford, I can only afford to pay you a share. We'd have to work out some kind of thing is well, whatever you got me or whatever, then I would pay you a percentage of that. That would be wonderful. But uh, I mean, I don't even have an agent. I have an unofficial agent. I have a very weird relationship with. She's a big agent too. I just talked to her yesterday and she, you know, she always tells me I'm fascinating. She's so fascinated by me. I, I go to these parties and Joyce comes up to me and sits next to me and wants to hear me talk about all my theories and everything, but I can't get her to read my fiction. And I said, you know, I need you. And uh, I, I don't know. It's very strange. Swampy McGee is quoting, yeah, I've been a JFK assassin. Absolutely. I've been there since I was a teenager working for Mark Lane. So Citizens Committee of Inquiry. And now Swampy's quoting uh, Hidden History. I appreciate that, Swampy McGee. Um, compare and contrast, uh, Swampy says, Scott Adams and Keith Olbermann. Well, I think there's a, a difference. I mean, Scott Adams on the surface says a lot of great common sense things. He has a lot of libertarian instincts, uh, but he's uh, his arrogance comes through. He's got a really good opinion of himself. And he's one of these guys that uh, is well aware of how smart he is. And he is smart. Dilbert was in, you know, unique creation. He, he was very clever. Uh, he hit on something there. And he's very, he's well-spoken, he's entertaining, and, uh, but he knows it. <clears throat> you know, he's like a, he's like a supermodel that knows how attractive she is. You know, it, it she can't hide it. You know, it's like she's, he's, she's just well aware of it. He's aware of how clever he is and he's, uh, he's trying to be so clever. That's why he does the trolling stuff. He talks down to people all the time. And, uh, and that, regard he is he's like Keith Olbermann because he Keith Olbermann talks down to people all the time and but Keith Olbermann is batshit crazy he's absolutely insane that's the difference between those two Keith Colburn is a complete nut uh in the book on ESPN Bob Lee who was one of uh the veterans of ESPN when when Keith Olbermann left the network he said everybody cheered I mean he was a bully there nobody liked him he is just an asshole that's there's no question about it and one of the strangest uh, rumors that I've heard is that supposedly uh, uh, Laura Ingram of Fox News and, and Olbermann were uh, a romantic item years ago. I mean, I, I can't, that just seems like a really odd couple, but uh, I don't know. Oh, Stephanie Green's asking me where we can order the COVID book. Well, it's not out there yet, and but I will, uh, it'll, when you when it comes out, and that should be probably next month, maybe. Uh, you'll be able to order all the usual places, certainly Barnes and Noble, Amazon, and uh, uh, you know, all the, tons of other outlets. It'll be at all the places. I always tell people look for the best deal. And uh, what I always ask them, and I would ask you guys too, another free thing you can do that won't cost you any money. Uh, I get a sale from it, just as if you bought the book yourself. Suggest any of my books that aren't in your and my books aren't a lot of libraries, but any of the, any of my books that aren't in your library, suggest them. Ask your library to add them to your collection. 
and uh, it won't cost you a penny. And they listen sometimes. So uh, I would really appreciate that. That's one way you could do it. And that, and I definitely you know, want you to do that with the COVID book as well. Um, Duluth Hub says he's not much of a twit. Well, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not much of a twit either. Uh, perhaps I should uh, Twitter more often, but I couldn't get an S usually. Okay. And that's true. You know, I don't know why. I mean, look, I only, I'm not there to be clever or creative or make jokes or, you know, see uh, how many uh, your response. So I, I'm there to promote myself because, as I said, the publishers don't promote you that much. Maybe the biggest authors they do, but the average author, they don't. And they tell you, you have to be your own publicist. I mean, I, I have a publicist at Skyhorse, but basically what they're good for is to send you, they're really good about sending review copies. So to shows and things like that. So they don't question that. That's pretty good. Um, but other than that, you got to do your own publicity. Ken McCarthy and Brass Check has done amazing research from day one. Richard Frederick Prager said, I, I don't think I've run into his name. Hmm. Okay. I'm sorry if I missed him. I quote, I quote a lot of people in there. Steve says, thanks. Steve Cameron says, thanks for the plug, uh, Don. It's called Frame Up, the conspiracy to falsely incriminate Lee Harvey Oswald. Be looking forward to that, obviously. And, um, that's a book, actually, I'm, I'm working with my friend Bob Wilson. Uh, a book about the Beatles is coming out very shortly, too. They're probably both going to be out next month or almost the same time. That's the, from uh, from Strawberry Fields to Abbey Road, the Billy Shear story. And we'll talk about the Paul is Dead thing. We'll talk about Beatles as well. And it's mostly interviews with uh, celebrities and people in the music business uh, about what they think of it. And it's a fun book. It's basically Bob's baby. And uh, it was uh, very easy to write. and um, We'll see um, how that goes, but that'll be at the same time too. Another, uh, that's the same publisher that did On Bard Fame, Barry Manor. Remember Sandy Hookery, Boston bombings. Yeah, it was their proudest victory. Yeah, I I can't disagree with you. January 6th was probably uh, one of the, one of the uh, exactly, uh, I'm looking at Sam Bodie Street, uh, much easier to make $2 million on $1 million than $1 to $100. Yeah, that's, that's what Survival Riches is all about. You know, uh, more people need to read that. It's more uh, relevant than ever. But it's the the system is rigged. And the problem is I get mistaken for a right winger and a conservative because I uh, justifiably criticize uh, crazy woke left politics all the time. But I'm no conservative. There's nothing left about this rigged system that's worth conserving. But the conservatives, I, I heard, uh, you know, I'm driving around. I don't drive around much in the day, but when I do, basically I have a choice between sports talk and uh, news talk radio. It's all conservative, Zionist-driven, you know, it's definitely pro-Israel when they mention it, uh, radio on the right wing. But um, so this guy, Dan Bongino, was talking. And, of course, he's talking about Social Security. And he's saying, you know, even though, even though yeah, I know, you paid into it and everything. But basically, again, it's it's the it's the the conservative talking for the Ayn Rand, Ayn Rand disciples, the Paul Ryan types, they want to get rid of Social Security and Medicare, which again, we paid into 40 some years of our working life. Uh, yes, it's never been run right, but nobody talks about social security. And I'll be I'll be writing more about that now that I'm finally started collecting Social Security. But uh, I don't expect people 20, 30 younger than me to ever get it. The system is, uh, is utterly broken because it was never run properly. It was most people don't realize in Social Security, they don't tax all income. They only tax the first part of it. So somebody like Bill, I think it's up to $119,000 now. 
no income above $119,000 pays social security tax. So people like Bill Gates, thing like that, they're paying the same rate as somebody making 119,000. That's outrageous, it's absurd. It's the first step they should do, but you don't hear Bernie Sanders or anybody on the left talking about that. Why? I wonder why. He's such a redistributionist, right? No, he's like all these guys, they want to redistribute things from what's left of the middle class to them. They want to take it from you. They don't want to take it from the rich, and they never have. Huey Long was the last one, the only one that really ever wanted to do that. But um, thank you, Sarah Harlan Stonewall says, Sir, survive the richest is spot on with reality. Well, it's, you know, it's... Uh, in many ways, I'm more proud of it than my other books because it it just it's it went against the grain, and both the left and the right hate it. Conservatives hate it because they uh, their first instinct is to take that kind of stuff away. But you know, this guy Bonjean or anybody like that, they they they're never going to ask you, well, how you know where are we going to get the money for? How are we going to do we do Social Security? How are we going to do this? How how are we going to fix the roads? How are we going to do that? How come when we need to bomb Syria? Or we need to bomb some country. How, why do we always have the money for that? Nobody ever questions that. How did we get $200 billion extra? Did we anticipate that? Did we budget $200 billion for, uh, to just give to the Ukraine? Of course not. It's ridiculous. But that's, that's the way it works. And, uh, you know, that's the, that's the system. Um, that's, and both sides uh, defend it in different ways. Absolutely. The whole thing was about selling a new virus. Richard, and, and I, the, my book will show there were two, two parts to the story. The, uh, the first part was to uh, come up with a virus that has still never been isolated. The, you know, With all due respect for my friend Billy Ray Valentine, I'll show in the, in the book how the COVID-19 strain has never been isolated. The CDC and the FDA both tell you that, among other people. And uh, so in other words, if it hadn't been isolated, it hasn't been proven to exist. So this is something they have never proven to exist. It's the regular coronavirus strain. It's the strain. It's the flu. They combined a lot of these things. They attributed a bunch of deaths that weren't from anything like that to it, just to, to uh, build the numbers up into something fake. Then after doing that, they introduced the entire purpose was to introduce the warp speed vaccine, which was uh, untested. And this is something they rehearsed for 20 years, going back to the original dark winter exercises where the tabletop exercise, where they talked about uh, a, a deadly virus coming out of China, always out of China too, and how we had to develop, they had to practice how to develop a vaccine for it. Now, they had no reason to anticipate something like this. The last pandemic, really the only one in American history, was 1918. And I'll actually have uh, uh, more doubts about that in the book as well. You know, I'm not sure we told the truth about the 1918 Spanish flu as well either. But so... The first part, they lied and completely exaggerated deaths and attributed the COVID that weren't fear porn everywhere. Then once the vaccine hit and they and it was it started damaging and killing untold numbers of people, they started lying again and downplaying the numbers and and not reporting the deaths uh, that were happening for that. Uh, okay, I'm looking over here to see if I missed anything in Rockfin. I didn't, but. Uh, William Hill says, Don Brennan goes into great detail on the New Hampshire drug bust. Okay. I, I, yeah, I, I would like to, you know, hear, I, I love hearing about that kind of corruption, but um, it's, it, it, there's just so much to cover. It's hard. It really is. Doug Waters talks about Dave McGowan exposing Heinlein as OT. Yeah. Well, maybe he was, I don't, again, 
I, uh, you, if you look at the background, just about everybody, you're going to find that, uh, day was great. And, uh, I had just started to communicating back and forth to them. We were going to swap books. Uh, you know, I only had hidden history out at that point. I wanted to get, uh, weird scenes inside the Canyon. I want to get autographed copies. Uh, but, uh, unfortunately what happened happened, the very suspicious death and, uh, his brother's trying to carry on his brother's, um, has had all kinds of things going on in his life and I've had him on my show as well. Um, Yeah, protocol, right, right. Critical thinking and patient assessment has been replaced by protocols in pharma rescue dog 60s. Absolutely. And, you know, that's what killed my brother. And I have a real vested interest in this because they took away my closest sibling. They murdered him. And uh, that was because of COVID protocol. Stephanie Green says no virus has been proven to exist, at least in the way they portray them. Electric EMS uh, crews far more disease. Yeah, you know, uh, and I know that's Andrew Kaufman's theory, and I know I I, I don't know enough really about, it, but I I don't I don't doubt it. I don't know, but I I know that we're not being told the truth. So when you're not being told the truth, as as Mark Lane said in the original Rush to Judgment, when he talked about the the Warren Commission and the uh, the government not investigating the assassination of President Kennedy, he said because they this was never investigated, they have left fertile they provided fertile grounds for speculation. And that's exactly what has happened. All these things, because they don't tell you the truth, they lie, they provide fertile ground for speculation. And so people speculate. We speculate about everything. And so you get things like flat earth and uh, hollow earth and simulation theory and everything's fake and all this because we're being lied to. So I don't criticize any of it because we are being lied to. And, uh, you know, so we have a right to we have a right to question everything. Stephanie. Oh, thank you, Stephanie. I appreciate that. Uh, Richard Fringer says, psychologist Stanley Milgram found that 80% of the population that are the psychological moral resources to define authorities already. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, and that should be obvious. I mean, if COVID showed anything, it was that. I mean, they, they were going to obey uh, all orders. I mean, you know, when you can, some of the things they were, <laughs> the restaurant thing where, uh, you know, wear your, wear your mask up to the into the entrance. As soon as you get to the table, you can take it off. And now I'll, I, what's come out in another book is how Anthony Fauci himself, who was promoting this nonsense, was making fun of that behind the scenes and laughing at how stupid people were to obey his rules. These people are, they're just, they're just the worst. They really, are. and they laugh at you for doing it. Okay, uh, Swampy and McGee's topic. You know, I, I, the whole World War III thing, I, I don't know, man. I, we've been hearing about it for so long, and I, I, I think that World War III was and is uh, ongoing, and that is uh, the COVID narrative and maybe further narratives and now the vaccine thing uh, with the governments of the world aligned against their people. I think we're at World War III. Communist China making threats on Taiwan. Yeah, I, I don't know. Powers of beer are waging a chemical and social war on the American people. Well, they are doing that, but they've been doing that for a while. And uh, Doug Water says he can't wait to read the new book. Thank you, Doug. And he also says, have you ever looked into Abraham Harriman? Yeah, it was amazing that John Barber said Garrison told him, yep, thought Harriman was the eminence who signed off on the J. Yeah, that was, it was kind of, yeah, I mean, I know about Harriman and uh I was surprised that uh, Garrison named him as the ultimate. I, I would not have picked him like to be the ultimate uh, linchpin. I, I think, you know, Garrison, I love Garrison, but I, I, I don't know for sure that as Garrison basically exposed what he did is he exposed 
the uh, and again, we're I'm working with my friend Bob Wilson and William Law, another great researcher. Uh, we're probably going to be writing a book, a JFK book, about my friend Dean Andrews III, who uh, has become a good friend of mine. He's the son of uh, the beatnik lawyer Dean Andrews Jr., the daddy o guy who was played by John Candy and Oliver Stone's JFK. Good friend of the family. And in fact, he was my brother's best friend, amazingly enough. And um, thank you, Doug. He's going to bring up to his local Roseville, Georgia library. I appreciate that, brother. And um, but uh, so we're going to uh, now we'll talk about a lot of that. But I I think Garrison got it right. I think in terms of he got the ground level conspirators. I I have said for a long that I, I think Lee Harvey Oswald was uh, at the time of the assassination was on assignment. And this was what Garrison thought um, on assignment from whatever intelligence agency he was working for, probably the FBI, maybe the CIA. He was undercover and he was working to uh, infiltrate what he thought was told was a plot to kill the president. And in my opinion, I go a little different from Garrison. I think maybe all those guys in that orbit, Ruby, Ferry, uh, Guy Bannister, um, and maybe even Clay Shaw, the anti-Castro Cubans, that maybe all of them were being told something to say they'd be manipulated against each other. Um, William Hale says, uh, Mike Williams, Sage Quay is an absolute uh, master of the Beatles creation. Yeah, you know, Mike Williams, uh, I he, we interviewed him. He will be in the Beatles book about the Pauls. And I've had him on my show. We didn't talk about that. Uh, I've had him on my show before. Very interesting guy. Wikipedia said years ago that Laura the little darling of the right dated Keith Olbermann and leftist anti-gun New Jersey Senator Frank. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to think of Lauren Ingram either because she's, uh, I never foresaw her uh, becoming what she's uh, become in many ways. Cause in many ways she's actually, you know, she's almost like a, a junior Tucker Carlson. I see Tony there. Tony, how's it going? It's going great, Don. Sorry. I wasn't able to jump in earlier. I've uh, been busy here at the shop and um, getting, and gold and silver out the door, trading in fake money for real money. So <laughs> no, you got to do what you got to do. So what did you think about what we were talking about? What I was talking about, I say, yes. Uh, well, I mean, you know, Don, I mean, everything that with the chat is very topical. I mean, you're always sitting on all cylinders. So, I mean, you, you covered a lot, even with the, the disruption that we had for 30 minutes and sorry to everybody. We, we just couldn't get the guest, uh, the audio to, uh, to conform it was the weirdest thing i've ever seen <laughs> it was just yeah. we kept trying to do hand signals and smoke signals and whatever we could do through the screen but it didn't work absolutely yeah. and i and i, I appreciate everything you tried to why do heathen rage and he this is what makes me matter than anything you can see on the screen why do heathens rage says my dad had lung cancer six months died at 60 never drew a dime of social security paid in all his life that and that's what i say to all conservatives there's so many people like that i knew uh, my brother-in-law I died at 58, heart attack. Again, these they're they're paying 40 years into the system. They're, and they're again, the system is so broken. It should have been set up as an it's they it should have thrown it into Social Security General Fund where the LBJs and later even Reagan could raid in and use it for other purposes. It should have been isolated, but you, they should have created individual accounts. And so that everybody could have isolated what they had. And they could have had maybe an option if they wanted to be uh, to invest a little bit more in something else. They could have. They probably almost certainly would have made more money. And you could have some kind of a minimum thing for people who didn't make enough that, you know, there are lots of people like that. But it's tragic when people like uh, White Heathen's Rage Father 
that work uh, in this 60 years old, you're talking about working, you know, probably almost 45 years, paying into the system and not getting a penny. Something's terribly wrong about that. Now, maybe your mom probably got something, but uh, my brother-in-law wasn't married. So people like that get nothing. And, you know, there's something terribly, the system is horrible. And as Tony, you probably heard about it, but they don't even tax all the income. It's only the first time. And you never hear anyone on the left, where's AOC? Where's Bernie Sanders? They right. never talk about the rich paying their fair share. And it's 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 a joke. And that's what, you know, the survival of the richest talks about uh, quite a bit. So I, I feel for you there. And I, I know that there's lots of people like that. And it's just uh, really uh Terrible. Hey, I want some truth. I'll just see if I can get a few more of these. Because uh, I know we're just about done. Okay, see what else. Well, I appreciate everybody in there. Lots of good, uh, lots of good comments. Swampy McGibbon, hearing them here in Hollywood today. Yeah, Steve Cameron is right in the heart of Hollywood. Steve Cameron's a really interesting guy. And I think he's, I think Steve is right on Sunset Boulevard. So uh, that's our man on Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> Really good hearing from you. And Swampy McGee says, Tony is the closer. <laughs> Absolutely. Tony came it's in. Easy to, it's easy to help Don. He's just a uh, professional. I, all I do is press a couple of buttons. I'm not I'm not that integral to the to the well, But then. I hope it was interesting enough today, guys. I know I like to I like to have a guest, and we'll try to have that guy back on. Chris Graves uh, came on and did his best for a little bit for his own show. So I appreciate everybody listening. Of course, we'll be on tomorrow. Tony and I will be on with Billy Ray Valentine tomorrow at 12 noon on America Unplugged, where we'll um, discuss a lot of these things and, and other things as well. And I appreciate uh, everybody listening. Thanks for the tips over in Rockfin. Thanks for all the great comments. And uh, we'll see you next week on iProtest.